For BYU-Idaho Radio, I'm Chandler Guadagnin, and I've got your evening headlines for this Friday, March 3rd, 2023. A newly unsealed legal filing shows the public defender appointed for the suspect in the University of Idaho student murders said she does not have a conflict of interest representing the suspect. Ann Taylor is the chief of the Kootenai County Public Defender's Office. She told the Latah County judge in a closed-door hearing on January 27th that she acted as attorney for a parent to one of those four stabbing victims, but never met or provided any legal advice to the former client. The judge asked the suspect, Brian Koberger, if he wanted to continue with the court-appointed attorney, and he feels comfortable proceeding with her as his counsel. Koberger is charged with four counts of first-degree murder and one count of felony burglary in the November murders in Moscow. Next, student reporter Elise Forbes has a recap of events in the Idaho legislature this week. I spoke with Democratic Representative Alana Rubel and Republican Senator Tammy Nichols about what's been going on in the Idaho House and Senate. A bill sponsored by Nichols that would have given education savings accounts to families with students outside the public education system died in the Senate this week. But the legislature is already seeing new school choice legislation. Bills that would expand savings account programs to include homeschoolers, increase empowering parents' grants, or provide education savings accounts for private school tuition are emerging. However, Nichols doubts that another meaningful ESA bill will pass this session. She says that the House Chairman of Education isn't supportive of ESAs, but Nichols feels grateful for the information she has gathered and is open to bringing forward another ESA bill next session. I don't think there's going to be the flavor there because the one that we had was a was a really decent and strong bill. And so anything else that's going to be moving in that direction from the Senate education probably won't meet those same criteria that we had. We might see something in the form of a voucher. We might see something in the form of a tax credit. But as a true universal uh, ESA, I don't think we're going to see that. Rubel is opposed to education savings accounts and voucher bills and worried that if passed, they would threaten the state's public education budget. It's not over yet because there are some very, very powerful advocates still working behind the scenes to push it forward. Um, but I think the people of Idaho, you know, whenever there have been, been um, uh, polls done, people are not very supportive of it. When mm-hmm. our public schools are so direly underfunded, it's hard to believe we're looking at pumping money into private schools. A couple of pieces of legislation that would update the mandatory minimum for sentencing drug-related crimes are coming to the House. Rubel worked on bipartisan legislation with Republican Representative Julie Boyle to reform mandatory minimum sentences. Their legislation would allow judges dealing with first-time offenders to take into account factors beyond the amount of drugs an individual is carrying. The legislation would also target distributors and exclude legal substances from the determined drug weight. For example, if someone was found with marijuana-infused brownies, they wouldn't be charged with the weight of the flour and sugar, just the weight of the marijuana itself. The bill aims to fight the spread of fentanyl in Idaho. This really ruins lives that could otherwise, you know, be rehabilitated. Um, so we're really concerned about it. We want to we want a system that punishes the bad guys, but that has enough room and, and latitude in the system to not put severe punishments on people who really don't deserve it. Nichols agrees that fentanyl is an issue that needs to be addressed and agrees that distributors should be targeted. But she says the issue stems from the border. Until we get something taken care of on our borders where we have that coming into our country like it is, uh, you know, we can put it in all sorts of laws, but it's still coming over the border. 
we really need to go after the distributor. And, uh, and that should be really where I think the emphasis should be. You can listen to the full interviews on our podcast feed. Just search for BYU-Idaho Radio. For BYU-Idaho Radio, I'm Elise Forbes. 52 years, over 2,100 games, and two NCAA basketball tournaments. Now Jerry Miller adds induction into the Bengals Hall of Fame and the Lifetime Achievement Award to his lengthy list of career accolades. For Jerry Miller, it all began with a Thanksgiving NFL game between the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. It goes all the way back to when I was probably seven or eight when I first saw NFL football on TV. And Lindsey Nelson, a guy named Lindsey Nelson, always announced the Thanksgiving Day game between the Chicago Bears and Detroit Lions. And Lindsey was the first guy whose voice captivated me. From there, Miller spent many a night in bed listening to the voice of Vin Scully paint the vivid scenes of Los Angeles Dodgers baseball from Chavez Ravine as he drifted off to sleep here in Idaho. At that point, it was never really a question. He was going to paint those pictures. One day, he would be the one to put a young listener to sleep. He actually got his start right here at this very university, then called Rick's College. Kay Wilkins and John Haberly and Alan Brassard were the, uh, the adult uh, directors of broadcasting back at that time. And Kay gave me the opportunity to go to the Hart Gymnasium and announce Rick's College basketball. It was not always easy, though, as Miller told me. When we lived in Pocatello and the radio station I worked for, and I worked there full-time as program director and sports announcer, he said, well, we've got to let you go, but we'll still keep you on to do games at 100 bucks a game. In between calling games for $100 a piece, he would split firewood, paint houses, and really do any job that came his way. Now in the twilight of his career, Miller loved to see the college athletes achieve their own dreams. I would have to say watching the reaction of the players after coming from behind and winning a basketball game, after falling behind to Boise State and Holt Arena in football, and then pulling this globe of death play out of your hat on a kickoff return. One thing is for sure, Jerry Miller has provided plenty of favorite memories to listeners throughout Idaho. We wish the Bengals the best in the remainder of their season, as well as the very best for our own Jerry Miller in his retirement. Thanks for listening to us on this Friday night. I hope it's been a great one, and I hope you have a safe and warm weekend. These have been your BYU-Idaho Radio Evening Headlines for March 3rd, 2023. You can catch more news, interviews, and great content on this podcast feed. Just ask Alexa, Google, or Siri to play the latest BYU-Idaho radio podcast. Or you can listen to us for free on your favorite podcast app, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. For BYU-Idaho radio, I'm Chandler Guadagnin.